Blog Talk Radio. Michael Gordon. It is July 25th, believe it or not, 2013. Summer seems to be passing by very quickly. We're coming to you from Vancouver, Canada, beautiful sunny west coast of Canada. Glad to have you join us today on the program. We are talking about the fear of missing out, which is a known... uh, symptom of social or generalized anxiety, and um, but something that's become a lot more openly discussed because of the uh, prevalence of social media, and something that affects all of us, and we'll get into that very shortly. In the meantime, just want to welcome you to the program. All of our past shows are available to stream. Uh, from the website blogtalkradio.com forward slash the mind whisper. You can also find us on facebook.com forward slash the mind whisper. And all of those links are on our landing page here on Blog Talk Radio. As I said, uh, oh, pardon me, also that the uh, program is available for podcast for free down or on uh, as a download from iTunes. You can just do a search on the mind whisper there. And on our Facebook page, we do have a donate button, and I uh, would appreciate any gesture of support you can throw our way to um, fund the program. So, in the meantime, here we are today. I'm going to be a brief program today, partly due to construction in, around the studio, and uh, it's quite loud and distracting and could be quite loud in the background here. So, um, it's an interesting uh, dose of reality, considering the topic of the show today is about distraction. Um, let's go back to the title of the program today, which is Fear of Missing Out. And as I was saying, you know, I, I first thought of this topic because there's an aspect of social life where we feel like something's happening in our, you know, around us or that we're not part of somehow and that um, we're missing out on it. And that... Um, we're being excluded socially or that there's something we don't have access to or that there's something missing from ourselves and that becomes what's known as a generalized anxiety disorder. In other words, it's it's an anxiety disorder that, that paints itself onto the landscape of our life and everything looks like that anxiety. And so um, we can have a sense of loneliness and depression depression and anxiety are actually quite closely intertwined. Um, Anxiety is the experience in the body that something's not right, something's not okay, and something's not okay with who we are, or an anxiousness about um, just 
how we go about our our lives and um, that there's a sense of danger or worry involved. But depression is a way of the body kind of adapting to that and sometimes uh, under-responding. In other words, it creates a low effect to compensate for that feeling of anxiety. Or sometimes the anxiety itself is disabling and uh, de-enervating and uh, or de-energizing and so that can um, leave us feeling depressed and it can take us through a cycle of too much arousal, too much heightened sensitivity and then it troughs or bottoms out into uh, a well, like a feeling of hopelessness or despair. So how does this relate to social media? Well, there's been a lot of commentary about social media and uh, distraction. This goes back quite a while now um, to the introduction of the BlackBerry handheld device, uh, which was the, you know, the, the first, uh, really the first kind of smartphone, um, and people were thumb texting all the time, and the um, nickname CrackBerry uh, is something that was used quite prominently to describe the effect of people walking around down the you know, down the road, and we've all seen this and experienced this. Maybe we've done it ourselves, um, or we're sitting with someone for a coffee or dinner, and their head is down, and they're just fixated on this device in their hands and texting away their thumbs. Now, um, you know, of course, technology has moved to touch screens, and we have iPads, etc. But I would say a great number of people, if not the majority, have smart phones that are enabled with web browsing, and that enables us to be online all the time, constantly uh, interacting with Twitter and Facebook and email, less so I would say with email and probably more so with um, the social media. And so social media has become uh, a, a virtual environment we carry with us, and virtual in the sense of not only is it not real in the sense of um, the physical world, but it's an it's a manifestation of another life that we have. So when you are with somebody who's distracted by, uh, you know, a tech gadget, whether it be a tablet or a smartphone, what have you, they are indeed making a connection uh, with their friends or with, you know, uh, acquaintances or even, you know, uh, associates or, or um, you know, networking contacts. But the point being is that when you were with someone in person, your attention should dutifully be on that person and not on something else. So it it would be akin to being present with somebody, or not, you know, actually not present, but being with somebody and not with them. With somebody and to have another friend come up and um, engage in a conversation with that person and completely ignore the person that you are meeting with. And or just constantly go back and forth uh, when you were meant to have a private one-on-one dialogue with one person. And of course, that would make the other person feel excluded and um, it's quite rude. And we're not talking about uh, social etiquette today. We're talking about the, the, the impulse or the compulsion, really, to constantly stay connected. And you can look at the phenomenon of no social media itself as a way of trying to 
ameliorate our sense of separation or our perceived sense of separation and isolation and loneliness. And we talked about this the last couple of programs. But this is a very um, profound disturbance to our psyche and to our sense of self that we have the illusion of being separated and the experience absolutely of, of feeling separated. And so this can um, lead us to some compensatory behaviors or, or stress-reducing seeking behaviors such as addictions or you know um, avoidance behaviors of stress, uh, overeating, smoking, um, or even just the internalized feeling of uh, distress, which can lead to inflammation and poor cognition and sleep disruption, all and a whole number of things. And so, um, certainly people can overcompensate with insecurity or a sense of longing or loneliness by um, seeking out social activity, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's just anything that's out of balance is out of balance. And so you can find yourself going out constantly to bars or constantly needing to be around people and around, you know, to be with friends in a sense of clinging to or attaching yourself to constant social attention. And there's a sense of avoiding our what's just uncomfortable within ourselves by wanting to distract ourselves or feel comforted by the presence of others. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that per se, and it's not an argument for isolation at all or for um, solitude um, as an ideal. It's more a question of what dynamics are at play and, and what may be over-operating in a person. Um, in other words, there's just something that we're avoiding within ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, something uncomfortable within our own skin that makes us want to, to soothe um, and quell that disturbance in ourselves by the comfort and presence of others. And there's, a, again, a sort of a childlike aspect to that, um, that need for soothing and nurturing. So if we look at Twitter, it's kind of funny that Twitter is actually styled after birds chirping at one another, tw tw twittering in the, in the trees. And I find that quite fascinating because it's kind of, it's really a metaphor for our existence. Now, birds are of an extensive social network and they're communicating and their lives are in physical nature. And they're traveling distances and they have to communicate as a flock and as a family and a tribe. And so do we. But beyond that, especially as um, organisms capable of higher consciousness and self-reflection, there is a kind of addictive quality to that constant chatter. And it really is a, a an aspect of, of wanting to know that we exist. It's kind of an existential um, tweet universe. And in our hyper-stimulated world and over-media-saturated world, you would think that we would want to disengage from overstimulation and from people. Um, however, you know, that constant bombardment with media and the 24-hour news cycle and um, crowds of people and the, the media crashing in on us, social media included, 
actually can make people feel more isolated and alone. Now, why is that? Because there's a sense of lost identity. There's a depersonalization to the overwhelm of all that information and where we fit in. It's like being a, a drop in the ocean. And so we seek to, again, prove our existence and find a way to um, make our mark and know that we're around and we we're, we're, we matter, we exist in a fundamental way. And so this constant chatter and this sense of needing to connect all the time is our way of feeling that we're not going to disappear. So what does this all mean in terms of our daily lives and how we conduct ourselves? Well, again, there's certainly a social etiquette. But whether you are with somebody and shouldn't be distracted from them, or if you're distracted from your job or your children, whatever you're supposed to be doing that's got you engaged in the virtual world, uh, it's more of a question of what the dynamic is at play within yourself and what may be driving that need to feel connected all the time. And again, there's nothing wrong with connection. And you know, Studies show that even reaching out on Facebook um, results in a release of oxytocin. And oxytocin is the bonding hormone that's released during childbirth and, and um, breastfeeding and uh, parental bonding, parent-child bonding, and and certainly in in um, sexual relations and coupling and even between friends, you know, the physical affection releases the hormone and it signals our brain that we're uh, for a sense of well-being and connection and security. So those are very good things. But the idea is that we want to be able to do that in a mindful way, in a way that um, nurtures our capacity for real connection and for the tolerance to be in the moment, to be present with what is happening and stay connected with ourselves first. And we don't catch ourselves being carried away by this compulsive need to be connected to the quote-unquote outside world um, until we notice something is out of whack and we just feel this sense of uneasiness, restlessness, and that hyper-connectedness or attention on connectedness um, actually makes us feel less connected. Like any addiction, it robs us of our innate capacity to be present and to feel whole and with whatever is happening, moment to moment. And the moment to moment becomes about what's happening around us. Um, and there's, you know, of course, a way to engage in that mindfully um, the virtual world is, world is an experience like any other experience. It's just the dynamic and, and it's the way in which we interact with it that I'm addressing today. Well, that's it for the program today. I just want to do a brief introduction to that idea of fear of missing out, and we can talk about this further as it relates to social isolation and loneliness and depression and anxiety. Um, but the principles are all inherent in what I've been discussing today, that that sense of um, disconnectedness, and it really is um, an illusion um, because the disconnectedness is somehow there's something missing from us. 
Now, I'm not arguing, again, for social isolation and, and loneliness and that you should be okay with that. It's just that um, we're all alone. We're all walking around in our own skin and that dis-ease with ourselves can manifest in any number of ways. We find ourselves overcompensating, trying to deal with that sense of suffering that the ego causes us by um, saying that we're not enough, that there's something we have to prove. Or uh, on another level, and I've talked about this constantly in the program, um, that we're all wrestling with um, things being out of our control, the impermanence of the of the world, um, of uh, sickness and old age and, and death. These are inevitable things in our lives, and we don't know how or when they're going to happen. And so you could look at this sort of addiction to social media as being almost like hypochondria. You know, you can spend all of your time worrying about your health, and that's very different than being vigilant about your health and being mindful about it. You can be overvigilant. Well, thanks again for listening to the program. If you ever have a topic you want to bring up, you can certainly drop us a line on Facebook, um, on our on our Facebook uh, page, forward slash mindful you, or sorry, pardon me, the Mind Whisperer. And um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions for guests, we'd love to hear about that as well. You can always participate on our chat forum. I said we have a guest online today. Thanks for listening. Guest number 695, whoever you are. And uh, you can always make comments or ask questions online on, on the online chat form while the show is in progress. Of course, that won't be available to you if you're listening in uh, to the rebroadcast. Um, and you can call into the program live and talk about anything you want to talk about um, during the program. We're on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. My name is Michael Gordon. It's been a pleasure to host you on The Mind Whisperer today. Have a great day. Tortured picture we became Tried to step out of the frame Time only knows When a healing comes again Were we suffering blows? Was it never?